this time because we got uh, a great friend of mine, a guy who's been a mentor, a guy I look up to, uh, a great man of God, and uh, absolutely great dude. Would you please welcome John Kolb? Let's welcome John Kolb into the locker room. John, how are you doing? Hello, John. Are you there? Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good we got morning, Max John. Starks over here. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it. Can you, Max, you talk to him from make sure we're all on. Okay, John, there can you, you hear me? Ah, uh, yes. Hey. What's the deal? Do you got to weigh 300 pounds to get in on this meeting? <laughs> you know, I mean, or bench 300. <laughs> One of the two. That used to be a warm-up. Now it's a, it's a crippler. <laughs> you know, John, I got to thank you for coming to the locker room. First of all, I want to thank you uh, again, joining us, and congratulate you on your Hall of Honor uh, as a Hall of Honor recipient, that was a great, great night. How much did you enjoy that last year when the Steelers, uh, you know, in, inducted you into the Hall of Fame, or the Hall of Honor? Uh, how long is this program? <laughs> as long as you want, buddy. You know, it represented so much. Uh, and I still remember my talk because I thought a lot about it. You know, um, First off, and you guys agree, I'm sure Max and, and uh, Craig, you know, there's something special about the people in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So uh, I, I, um, I can't, you know, think about it, have the Hall of Honor in Dallas. You know, those people don't even know how to cheer. They go, <laughs> yay. Yeah. Slap down there like they, that. That uh, works. I mean, they get they get these girls to go out with those things on the field, you know, and that's like cheering for them. You know, Pittsburgh people, you know, we do not need half-dressed girls to know how to cheer. So just just the, just the fans to start with, and then I'm sure you guys will agree, then you go to the Roonies. And, uh, uh, you know, I've never had anything but great – I mean, the Roonies have always been – so wonderful and kind to me, uh, and, and I think all all of us would say that. Max, unfortunately, you didn't get to uh, do two a days with Chuck. No, uh, uh, you, yes. you guys. I think, back that, I think that lengthened my career. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen your nose. It's normal. Craig and I got yeah. one that goes from cheekbone to cheekbone. Uh, but but the the coaches not only Chuck but uh, you know we Max we had some uh, our coaches you know they were like technicians technicians I I think they were uh, mechanical engineering students at uh, some school or something so and then the teammates um, and um, you know I I think perhaps. Two of the highlights for me were uh, when they asked Mike Wagner what it meant for him, mm. and uh, he kept going. You know, Mike's battling cancer, right? So he 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 said, "Well, it means, and it means, and 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 it means, and he could never get it out." Yeah, and and the fact that he couldn't get it out. Um, said more than if he would have given a political speech. Right. Uh, and then on the field, um, 
and I don't, I, I uh, told myself I wasn't going to get emotional on this, but on the field, you know, I was standing next to Tunch's uh, uh, wife, Karen. Right. And, uh, and I said, don't look over, don't look over. Well, I yeah. did. And, you know, she's waving the, uh, the, the, you know, the little orange and black towels, right. you know, are terrible. Terrible so towels. all of that together really made it really made it special. So uh, you can thanks for asking that. That was you know it was it was really an awesome awesome day. No, and it an awesome was. Thing. But you know, for me, because I was I was on the sidelines and I saw all of you come out there, and you know, my one of my teammates went in, James Ferrier. And yep. so it was a special moment to see you there, to see James there, to see Mike there. Then, of course, you had uh, Dwight White's daughter there. And then, of course, Tunch's wife. Um, and just kind of the culmination, right? You see the generations of Steelers' legacy mm-hmm. that was shown there. And it's the standard. You guys set that standard yep. For all of us to carry forward. Um, so my question to you is, John, just when you when when you've been that standard bearer, and now you have this opportunity with this K two experiences and being able to bring young people together and kind of give them that purpose going forward. Can you just talk about kind of in your post football life what it's meant to? carry that kind of work ethic that you got under Chuck Knoll with the Steelers and how you've applied that kind of moving forward to make a difference out in the world? Yeah, again, that's a great question. Um, if you don't mind, I think I'm going to try and hit this ball and run to third first. Um, <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. You know, I, I, I keep – it takes – you know, being a lineman – Max, I don't know about you guys, but Craig and I always laugh. We always had to go on one. Everybody, all the the defense always knew the snap count because if we went on two, nobody, somebody couldn't hold it that long. But but uh, one of the things that I it took so it takes me a while to figure stuff out, and 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 so I was coming from third base trying to come backwards and figure it out. Uh, I, Tony Dungy and I were roommates when I was coaching, and and of course Tony wrote that book, uh, and in the book he talks about uh, the suicide rate for former NFL players is seven times the national average, mm. and and you know that you kind of scratch your head and think, my gosh, why would that be? Because I mean these guys have lived the dream, right? And then the people we work with. Uh, over half of our people are veterans. And one of the terrible statistics in the United States is 22 veterans a day kill themselves. Right. And so, you know, I was, I was thinking for, for a while, what's the common denominator that pro football players that have played in front of, you know, millions of people and veterans who've been, uh, shipped overseas as your son Kyle mm-hmm. and been in harm's way, life-threatening. I mean, the worst thing happened to me 
uh, Max is running down on a kickoff. You know, I was L1 on the kickoff team my rookie year. Uh, and, and so what's, what's, the, uh, what's, the, what's the difference there? And one of the veterans that we work with, he's a former uh, Delta Force Navy, or not Navy SEAL, Delta Force and uh, Green Beret. But he's, you know, he's de- dealing with alcoholism. Mm. And, and I asked him the other day, I, I said, uh, uh, when you were overseas and you, you know, did you, um, and you, you know, you were in harm's way, did, did you have that problem? And he said, no. And I said, oh, well, why not? And he said, I was on a mission. Right. But he's home and I don't have a mission anymore. Mm. And so, um, and, and I think you guys would agree, you know, you, every day we didn't went for 13 years for me. I never said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I said my day off film day, offensive day, defensive day, getting a fight somewhere in one of these days, right. Thursday, Friday, you know, and then Saturday, special teams day, Sunday, uh, for us, Craig, as you remember, you mentioned Dwight White. I tell people I had uh, uh, three games a week and then a practice on Sunday. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so, and then all of a sudden after 13 years, there's no more mission. Right. You know, you don't have it. You know, you don't have that. And I think, I think God makes us for mission. And, and so I think the, you know, uh, what you're doing now, you know, being still part of the Steelers, that's a mission. What I get to do with these people, I'm Craig, I'm looking at your wife right now, right. and she's beating up a lady with sticks. <laughs> they got those hoodie those sticks. Right, the collie uh, sticks, yes. Yeah, the collie sticks. Yeah, and they're over there pounding each other with those sticks. She's doing pretty good. Well, the lady that she's beaten with, uh, her husband, uh, they're both combat vets, she lost her husband, oh, uh, and then shortly after that, a daughter. So, mm. uh, so who would know that the sticks give her a mission, right. and 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 a and a and a and a, um, and a purpose in life again? Right. So I know you asked me a question twenty minutes ago, but it was a good question, <laughs> and, and I hope that and I hope that makes sense, John. Your organization that you came up with was Adventures in Training with a Purpose. So it's obviously about the mission and the training, and there's a purpose to it. You take people who are, some some of them are broken, some of them are hurting bad, that, that, that a lot of them uh, you've got um, uh, to rehab physically because they've had injuries that the insurance companies give up on, and yet you, you put the love of Jesus out there to take care of these people and it's it's a phenomenal mission. Where where were you inspired to you know to create this and to create the adventures? Which I mean, for the life of me, I can't understand why anyone wants to climb a mountain when you could you know <laughs> you know I, I'm sure there's a road that takes you somewhere. You can ride a jeep or something. Why do you want to climb a mountain like Kilimanjaro? Yeah, there's you have to be there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> would you want to run down you know hey why do you want to pay pass protection you know max uh, max uh, to have craig tell you about the story he, he saved my 
Oh. And uh, Tampa Bay. <laughs> we, I won't go into all that. Yeah. Uh, but, but life without a purpose yeah. really, uh, really gets into being dark. And I think um, uh, one of the other things that is, 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 uh, that I've discovered is, uh, of course, I knew this for years. First time God speaks in the Bible in Genesis 1 3, you know, third verse in the whole Bible, he says, Let there be light. Right. And you can go all the way through the Bible, all the way to the end. And what's the theme? The theme is light versus darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think people can live with pain. You know, Max, Craig, you guys probably have something that hurts. Yeah. Uh, you know, my shoulders hurt quite a bit, but, you know, I can deal with that, but I can't do dark. And I think even in our country, the way we describe stuff, if you go, if you go overseas and you are wounded, then they give you a purple heart. Uh, You know, my, my high school class, our quarterback, uh, our halfback, our quarterback and our trainer were were killed in Vietnam. Mm. Our halfback had a had a had a big gun blow up on him, and it burned off half of his legs. Mm. And he ended up being one of those twenty-two to commit suicide. Oh, no. Well, the first two they get their name on the Vietnam Wall. They get a they they get a Purple Heart, but the other one, uh, because he committed suicide after having his leg all burned up, uh, they call that a disorder. They don't even call it an injury. He doesn't get a Purple Heart, and he doesn't get his name on the Vietnam Wall. Does that make sense? Uh, you know, and so one is because the people live in this, they, they find themselves in this darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the purpose, then, to get back to your question, I hope, the purpose is, is ultimately to find the light. And we believe ultimately, as you said, that the light is through Jesus. But uh, there was a doctor uh, that lived 2,000 years ago. His name was Luke. And he wrote part of the Bible. And in Luke, in Acts 17, 28, it says in him, speaking of Christ, we live, we move, and we have our being, or we exist. And so what happens if you take movement out of life? Well, the living and the having your being or the existing, they kind of implode on each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's really kind of cool, you know, if you if you get people to moving again, so many times, you know, you get to batteries starting charging up and, right. uh, and the other, you know, living and the existing come back. And so, you know, uh, there's something, going back, there's something about waking up in the morning and looking down at clouds. When you're up on that mountain, you wake up in the morning and you're looking down on the clouds. You're talking and about you Kilimanjaro, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was your question. It takes me thirty minutes to answer a question. No, no, no. My uh, problem is that I'm the, the latest mountain I've been on is Mount Washington. That's been <laughs> that's been about yeah, it but for me. About, yeah, and the people, the people that climb with you, the the native people, uh, they they're. They're amazing people. Their native language is Swahili, mm. and they speak, but they all speak French and German and English. Wow. And, and some of them a couple of, they're amazing. 
And uh, so I'm the only person in the world that didn't see the movie Lion King, I think. <laughs> but I learned from, you know, the, uh, Kuna Matata, whatever yeah, that is. But one Matata. of the things they say, yeah, but one of the things they say is twin day Jew. And that means let's go up. And so we'll be hiking a while and we'll take, or it's not a hike, it's a climb. Yeah. You're climbing and then you take a break. And when it's time to go again, they go, twin day Jew means let's go up. Whoa. And so we climbed up, and it's a five-day <clears throat> climb. We got up at the top of that mountain, and we, you only get to stay a little bit, and then you got to head back down. And uh, so we headed back down. They go, twin day Cheney. And I said, what's that? And they said, let's go down. <laughs> so it takes two days. <laughs> it takes two days to go down. And so once we got back down to the bottom, when you start out, when you get back down there, there's monkeys. And you're up at the top and there's snow and there's glaciers. and It's wow. amazing. You know, and you, and you hike through these, all these different climate changes. But we got down to the bottom and we were having our last meal together. And uh, I said, Twin Day Jew, Twin Day Chini, let's go up, let's go down. I said, you all have a word for let's do nothing? <laughs> <laughs> they look at each other. And they and they they don't the the Swahili people don't have a word for let's do nothing. Wow! Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Uh, they don't have that word, and so they're either going up or they're coming back down, but they're not doing nothing. And and so you, I mean, you could get a PhD in that, I think, if you wanted to be a psychologist. That's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> John, I got to ask you. You have K two Adventures is going to sponsor a trip to Kilimanjaro with your with your group, Adventures and Training with a Purpose. Is that, do I have that correct? Yes, yes. And what's the what's your website, John, so they can go to and, and put their name in for a drawing for a trip, all paid trip to uh, Kil- top of Kilimanjaro. Do you have a website there, buddy? Yes, it's it's very simple. Event. I don't even know. Do you have to have www? You don't have to have that anymore. I, right? I, I don't so worry about no. it. No. <laughs> Just adventures training dot yep. Adventures and training dot org. Right. Yeah. You don't. You don't even have to put the n in there. Just adventures training dot org. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. tremendous, John. I can't believe. You, you're in your 70s, and you climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and you do it not even for Dunkin' Donuts at the top. I mean, you know, you think you'd have a little bit of something that makes you want to go, yeah, I think some donuts at the top would get me up and down that mountain. <laughs> yeah, you, it's kind of like what Brad said the other day. Did you hear what he said? What did he say? They, they asked him, could, Craig, they said, could uh, his team – you know, of the 70s. Right. If they played the Steelers of today, who would win? And Brad says, well, uh, yeah, uh, the 70s, his team would win, but it'd be close. And uh, he, they said, well, why would it be? What do you, what do you mean it would be close? And he said, well, all our guys are 70 years old now. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is so good. Gosh, John Cole, I want to thank you for joining us here. I appreciate you. I you love you, brother. I love the mission you're on love and you, what you bring to the people who are hurting, how you pour life into them. That's adventuresintraining.org. 
John's uh, organization out there, and I would love everybody to go to their website and check it out. Thank you, John, for joining us. Hey. appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. Hey, you bet you. All right. Well, I will say this, Max. You will never find a more entertaining guy to hang out with than John. He is one of those guys. Uh, he, he, he doesn't know how to do nothing. Me, on the other hand, if you know, if if I got paid for, I'm I'm so good at doing nothing. If I got paid for it, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> oh my god! Well, and also think about this, Wolf. Uh, if I'm going to be hiking for five days up to the top of Kilimanjaro, right. I need some entertainment. <laughs> you can't be boring. You can't be dry when you're doing something like that. So it's good that. It's good that John's entertaining you like got that. It, brother. You'll get all these stories. <laughs> Adventuresintraining.org. Go to it, folks. And uh, you know what? We'll be right back with more with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. All right. In the locker room here, Starks and Wolf. And of course, we have. Ninja Wes, I guess. I guess can we call? Can, <laughs> he's Ninja one of the ninjas. Wes, I mean, yeah, he's got ninja. I mean, no? technically, wet, wet, but Wes is also a host, so right. he, he's like a part-time ninja. He's like a ninja. You know, he moonlights as a ninja uh, on this. Wes, is that okay? Can we say you're a moonlighting ninja? Is that cool? That works for me, fellas. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all right. What, good. This good. This is what good. happens when you're multi-talented. You know, we have yeah. no talent to produce. Wes can he can be no. the guy, he can be the second chair, he can be the producer. Well, we were a little late getting on air today, so don't give me too much credit. <laughs> That's right. You did screw up a little, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Max. Exactly, you can exactly. slam him a little. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, it, we, you know, we talked about earlier. You know, there, there's gremlins, yeah. and then of course there's. Gizmo, Gizmo at the water park after dark. I mean, and that's kind of what we had going on with the length. But you know, we're not we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna vex the subject too much. But you know, Wolf, one of the things I I, I want to get back to, um, you know, because we had a great interview with uh, John Cole. But before we got into that interview, we we're going through some of the free agents, and we kind of hit on Mitchell Trubisky. And you kind of highlighted some of the other areas of need, especially when you're talking about run defense and also run offense. Uh, <laughs> yes. Being offensive in the run game. Um, and so, you know, kind of wanted to highlight some of those guys. You know, we also signed, you know, two guys to the offensive line outside of re-signing Chooks. Um, but we bring in Mason Cole uh, at that guard center position. And, of course, James Daniels. And I know one of the things you've been watching film on James Daniels, and this is a guy I've watched for a number of years um, in Chicago. But, you know, just kind of talk to me about what you see from the offensive guys that we've brought back um, and guys that we've added to really bolster, I think, not only for starters, but also for the depth of this offensive line. You know, you're exactly correct there, Max. I mean, first of all, look at James Daniels. He, he fires me up. This is who I thought Kevin Dotson would be at this point in time. I thought Kevin Dotson would be the player I'm watching when I watch James Daniels. And I think Kevin Dotson can rise to that level. There's no question in my mind he is capable. But James Daniels right now comes to us as a – he is a road grader. I mean, just watching him against the Raiders last year, uh, he, he comes on an on a inside zone track. The 
the the Mike Backer tries to alley oop, you know, try to give him the old ole, you know, then and, and come around, you know, the that yeah. and and he jumps in the air, tries to jump inside, and I mean literally, James Daniels goes, he goes, uh, you know, like flat out and and just double legs him and and just slams the guy. He catches him in air. I mean, that's just I, – I can't describe it any other way. He catches it with this guy, tries to jump to the inside on him. He jumps in the air, and Daniel scoops him up and then just slams him like he's slamming an opponent on a double leg. I love the sheer violence of his movement. You know, it's a he's a guy that really gets after it. He's a people mover. You know what I mean? He's not – He's not one of these guys oh, that yeah. is going to placidly put his hands on you and bless you like uh, he's the Pope or something. He is going to put some violent hands on you and and go after you. And I love that attitude. Uh, Mason Cole, Mason Cole was in the lineup last year when um, you know they rushed for over 240 yards against the Steelers. How could we forget that, right, Max? I mean, we're of course, yeah, we're up there at U.S. Uh, Bank Stadium. That was not a good day. But the guy is capable. He's he's three position capable. You know, center, both guards. As actually, James Daniels is both uh, is capable of playing center and both guards. So you've got a couple of guys here that really bolster that offensive line. I like the signing of Chooks. I don't think um, the the fact is, in my mind, Chooks is not the people mover, but he is an excellent pass protector. <clears throat> he could get if he hunkered he gets that hunker down dog thing he can move some people there's no doubt in my mind but he's more of a left tackle more of that athletic guy than than you know that than being like the the stonehead at the right tackle you know what i'm talking about the normal guy that's he's about 6'8 oh, 350 yeah. pounds and he's noted for moving people um but chooks is still i, I think chooks can be very good he's only 24 i mean think about that I mean, he don't yeah. even have his full man strength on yet. Well, and, and I think I think the biggest thing is is right. You want to, you want you you want guys to mature in the system, right? You don't want to litter your team with free agents to bring it in, but you want free agents to come in that fit a certain type, right? That fit in the mold that you might not have gotten. You know, one thing I always look at is like, you know, these are guys that we normally would not have been able to get. You bring those guys in when it becomes too costly for the original team. That you kind of circle back around guys you had high grades on back when they were coming out. And because of your natural draft position, you didn't have an opportunity to go after that guy. This is where you kind of come back and you get those value guys. Um, and you just try and compete with them. But mo most, most of your team wants to be built around drafting guys and having guys grow up in your system and become a part of it. But I think when you think about this Steelers group being so young and so raw, um, you know, littered with rookies and second-year guys and guys with low experience, you had to go into free agency and get some mature guys. You couldn't go and say, let's go draft a, some more rookies to come start on this offensive line, right? <laughs> it's, like, mm -hmm. it's like we've seen what that experiment looks like when you have a bunch of young guys on the line. So you need some maturity sprinkled in there. And, you know, Trey Turner was a one-year guy. You know, he was a rental. And that was your veteran of the squad. And then, you know, everybody else was kind of figuring it out. And then, of course, you bring in Joe Haig, uh, another guy with experience. But he wasn't a full-time starter. You know, he was a guy that was your swing tackle that could come in and plug and fill some, fill some holes in games. Whereas you bring in James Daniel, you're bringing in, you know, a high-caliber, young, energetic leader 
that that ha- that has a home here. You know, he has a multi-year contract here. And then of course you bring in Mason Cole, who's a journeyman, and you and and you're now allowing him to kind of he's settled into understanding his role. You know, I had him out here in Arizona for a number of years at the beginning of his career, and it was kind of like you know fitting him in. You know, s- you know square peg round hole uh, because they had him playing guard because AQ Shipley, another former Steeler, right? AQ Shipley was a starting center, and that's what Mason should have been playing, but he was filling in at guard because you know he couldn't win the battle against AQ, and so he kind of fell out of sorts a little bit. But I think he's a natural center. And when you're talking about a guy with experience that can play that middle of that position, now you get more now you get more competition at that spot, either it's between J.C. Hassenauer, Kendrick Green, and Mason Cole. And then you kind of you kind of have guys who can now fill in at the guard positions because I think Kendrick's going to be one of those guys I think will fill in nicely um, at the guard position along with J.C. being kind of that Swiss Army knife in the middle to play all three interior positions. And now you can figure out how those rotations look and – Kendrick now has another year under his belt to understand not only the NFL, but, you know, <clears throat> how these defenses operate. So I really like the mix of what you have on the interior with guys trying to f- trying to duke it out to see who the starting five is going to be. I still think we need some tackle help on the edges. You know, Dan Moore is going to be fine. I think he's maturing, had a, had a tremendous year and grew a whole lot. So I think we have the future of left tackle. But, you know, right tackle, bringing Chooks back, seeing if Chooks can, can move over to the left. Will he will he give Dan more that competition? Um, but right tackle, right tackle, we got to figure out because Zach Banner's gone now. You know he got cut, right. and so there is a void there. Do we do we tackle that in the draft? <laughs> no pun intended. But <laughs> you know that that's where you start to figure out or do with the money. Come on, you intended that. Then go look at some guys. Speak up, speak up. You I mean, intended listen, that. Listen, intentionally on accident. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. That's excellent. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But look, you know, you know, Max, I love it because right now you've got competition occurring on that offensive line, and I'm not, I am not at all uh, down on Kendrick Green like some people. I there's some people you hear some people out there. Listen, this kid. Uh, one thing I'll say about, it, and I hope they give him the opportunity to come back and compete at center because I really, I went back and watched a ton of film on again. Yeah, there's some issues, there's some problems, but they're all fixable. And I will say this: a lot of people thought Troy Polamalu was a bust after his rookie year. You know, I mean. You know about that first, second-year jump. You know what it's like to come back and be able to have that, take that experience from your first year. You are ever so much more comfortable. You grow by leaps and bounds if you're a player. That second-year jump generally occurs for those that go forward and have a long NFL. This kid is capable. But, again, the fact that you bring in a Mason Cole, the fact that you've got J.C. Hassenauer, the fact that you've got Kevin Dotson coming back, there's a lot of competition there, and I enjoy that. Because as I get, as I always say, it's like when you have that. That's like a percolating steam thing, man. The steam rises in the room, and that intensity is going to float that lid. And that lid is the offensive line, and I love it. I just think the you know the more competition you get, the better the performance will be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and and that's and that, that's also building this room, right? I think that's the other thing is that you have to build this room out. Um, you know, for a long time, we were blessed with kind of having a lot of draft picks, bringing in a piece here and there and kind of adding to that harmony and, and having those guys who are the, you know, quote unquote, the shepherds of of the O-line Steelers way. And now you kind of you, you kind of had a lull, right? You had a kind of a mass exodus 
of guys either retiring, um, signing elsewhere in free agency, um, and, and guys leaving the team. And so you kind of, you kind of, you know, the cover got a little bare, and you had to kind of fill it really quick with uh, with, with guys. But it wasn't necessarily, you know, a maturation process. You had some guys who were in there. But it's now you, you want to rebuild this room and you want to build it stronger than ever. And so you bring in some quality free agents. And I think that's where you get it so that you could create not only harmony, but also you create that natural competition of guys of, of similar ilk um, and skill sets. And it raises the level of competition when you know you got somebody just as good. Let's see who's going to be better this day. And you start healthy competition is always good uh, for team morale. I think you're exactly spot on. Is again, the more competition you got, the better the performance will be, and that that starts in the room. And I love the fact that James Daniels, as I was reading, listening to a, uh, some of his interviews, he says first job is to come in and win the respect of the veterans. And this is a veteran talking about coming to another team. This is a guy that does not take. A, uh, a handout. He's not sitting there thinking, I'm gifted with anything. He talks about coming in and earning the respect of the other veterans first because he wants to be one of those guys in the room that uh, stands out. So I, I love that. I love that attitude. Yeah, exactly. It's, hey, it's always good to stand out, but every once in a while you want to fit in too. Yeah. You know, I, I, think that, I think that's the other part of it. All right, we're going to step aside, pay some bills, but then come back with our final segment for today in the first iteration of In the Locker iteration. Room with Starks iteration. and Wolf and Wolf and Starks and Ninjas. <laughs> and you know, No more gremlins. No, no more. more gremlins. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Play the tunes, rocking out a little bit here. ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. We've had a great day thus far once we got past the Gremlins. Of course, you got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas right here in the locker room. They had the great John Kolb just a couple segments ago, which was, I always love, uh, anytime we spend, time spent with John is always time well spent. He's one of those dudes that um, you're always better for having spent some time uh, in whatever capacity with him, because he's an uplifting guy and a guy that really uh, has been poured up a huge amount of stuff into my life, and I have the greatest love and respect for him, and I know you do too, Max. And, you know, all things, you love to talk to your old teammates and everything. It's beautiful. And one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you about, though, was aside from the fact that they have re-signed Chooks Okorafor, they've, they've, they've got now James Daniels and Mason Cole, as we are talking about, one of the things that has been so big and just so difficult to accept last year was the inability to stop the run that the Steelers displayed. You know, one of the biggest problems was it wasn't just in the – I mean, the base Oki, it wasn't the same base Oki after we lost Tyson Alualu, okay? But at the same time, whenever they went sub-package into, you know, one of those things where you got the 11 – you know, you got uh, 11 personnel out there, one one uh, tight end, one back, and you got the multiple receivers. The, the inability to stop the run in, the, in that was really noticeable throughout the year. No, it, it absolutely was, and I think that was one of the things when you look at it, you're just like, the, the, this was a traditionally what we call the hat hanger, right? <laughs> you know, right. One thing you'd always hang your hat on is that the Steelers were always going to be the team that was going to be stingy 
uh, against the run, and they were going to sack the quarterback. Well, they still sacked the quarterback, but they were not stingy on the run this past year. And there was, you know, noticeable holes. I mean, but for no for good reason, right? I mean, you you don't have Stephon Tuitt available, right? You don't you you don't have um, Tyson Alualu um, after week two of the season, and you know you, we bring in Joe Sherbert right at the end of preseason um, because De- you know Devin Bush wasn't quite that guy that he was because he's coming off of injury. And you're tr- and then you have Vince Williams suddenly retiring, so it kind of cripples your front seven or your front six. However, because of sub packaging, and you're get- getting guys trying to figure things out on the run, right? Isaiah Loudermilk, a guy that we talked about in preseason, right? Not really, you know, a guy that that needed that needed a red shirt year essentially, right? Needed need a little bit of strength, figure out the three four because you're coming from a four three, uh, you know. Um, in Wisconsin, and you're trying to figure out how to be that stouter guy. And then, you know, you have Chris Wormley, who's now taking a starting role in in that position where he was coming in kind of being the backup kind of relief guy. And so you're trying to figure out who's going to be in the middle, Carlos Davis, uh, Isaiah Bugs, and then you find, and then you wind up, you're like, wait a second, there's this guy on this practice squad in New Orleans that uh, could come in. How about and, that? And, you know, I, I think so – being in that transition and still having the success that they did um, is commendable, but it's not the standard. It's not what we're used to when you think of Steelers defense, the steel curtain of the 70s, and the standard that got born through fire and steel, right, right. To, to forge into what we know Steelers to be. And that base basis is defense. And it's being very stingy, very hard-hitting, and begrudging um, to opponents and we, 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 we saw kind of a crack in that. So hopefully we are going to get back to that. Like you said, bringing in Miles Jack is, I think, a big upgrade considering the, the current state of offenses. But still need some more on that on, on the actual lines. And I'm hoping that might be addressed in the draft. That's kind of where my, <laughs> where my, where my wish list on the first round is. Gotcha, gotcha. Not, not going to say anything. There's a guy happens to be in the state of Georgia, humongous Ooh. human being that likes to throw people around and hurt people. And he also runs a sub four eight. So I'm just saying it. I'm not going to say any names, but his name his name might be Dor- Dordan Javis. Okay, I was going to say just Rhymes give the initials that. Dordan Javis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm going to do that. So I did a little wordplay there. You know, you yeah. can switch the first letters. Hey, fabulous, first man. You're on your A game already, buddy. Yeah, try, you're trying to get there. You know, I'm just trying to live up to the standard of the Hawaiian shirt. That's all it is. <laughs> Good vibes. Well, it's like I said, no, the party doesn't kickstart until somebody shows up in a Hawaiian shirt. That's absolutely, that's absolutely it. You know, I, I like what you're saying because, yeah, I think up front more muscle mass is going to be something you want. No matter how good Cam Hayward is, Father Time is going to wear the wheels down a little bit. He is so impressive in all ways still at this advanced age. And he's, it's not like he's overly advanced, but he's – Let's face it, for battling in the trenches, when you go double-digit years, that's like doggy years, man. I mean, they they add up quick. And this man has been a consummate leader and player up front there, that being the Hayward, that that has set such a high standard there. They've got to replenish that. And part of that's going to be, hopefully, 
you know, with the Tyson Alu Alu. But Tyson's going to be, what, 35 years old or something like that? And, yeah, yeah he Tyson's is one of those special there. guys that, you know, he's, he's you know, able to stand against father time there. But at the same, at the same moment, you, you've, you've got last year he broke his ankle. And you don't know that it could, could happen to anybody, actually. You know, but you, you need some more meat. And uh, one of those guys is Stefan Tuitt because he is such a – Classic combination of power, speed, size, everything that you want. He's one of those heartbreaker, widowmaker type guys, you know, that is so capable. But you got to replace that because right now you can't depend on anything along those lines and trying to replace that with somebody from the state of Georgia who runs a sub 4840. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be very nice. And you have a second option. Listen, if you don't go with Jordan Javis, you can go with Wavante Diet. Okay, I know. Or I, I know. You got to speak I'm more English to me because I, I you know, I know what I'm not. I, I keep, I keep, I keep flipping because I'm not trying. I'm not trying to jinx it. Okay, it's Javante White and Jordan Davis. Okay, all right, that's what I'm trying to get. To. <laughs> Thank you. I was try, I was trying to do a little little wordplay there, so I wasn't jinxing it with the names, but apparently I have to jinx it. Okay, either of the D tackles that are in the state of Georgia from, from a national championship team. There it is. There it is. We got plain English out there. Everybody can go do their research. Those are the two that I've been banging on the table for. But I also take the kid from UConn, uh, Travis Jones. I like mm-hmm. him a whole lot, too. I thought he shined in, in the uh, in the senior bowl. But I think that's kind of where you have to go. Because I think, you know, offensive tackle, a right tackle is what we kind of need. Um, but I don't think those tackles will be – I think those tackles will be available in the second and third round is what I'm trying to get to. Because all of your top-tier ones are going to go in at top 15. But- and we're not going to jump up – for an offensive tackle because we hadn't done it right uh god knows how long i can't think of the last time we've drafted a tackle in the first round we go guard center but we've never gone tackle in the first round because there is value in the second and third rounds all right we got two minutes max you think about this buddy we lose james washington we lose ray ray mcleod and uh who else there's another one juju juju oh juju Juju. thank you yeah all right so we're down three receivers you know that they got to be prioritizing the wide receiver room here coming up in the draft. But here's the thing. I think the Steelers have always done a great job of being able to mine talent later in the draft with, uh, with, with, with their wide receivers. That's one thing I could say, you know, we're talking about hat hangers again, Mike Tomlin being able to find diamonds in the rough later in the draft. You know, for every Claypool that we have, there's a, there's an Antonio Brown, right? Mm-hmm. There's a Deontay Johnson that you find value in later in the draft. Um, James Washington, I think James was a third-round draft. So they know how to find those guys. And I think wide receiver, there's not as big a divide as there used to be. There's a lot more of even talent. It's just about what you like, right? It's like going to Mickey D's. Do I want a number one or do I want a number 12? I'm still getting fries and a Coke, you know, but it's about how that how, how that how that entree version looks in the sandwich. Are you going to go Coke or Diet Coke? You know, I mean, just saying. You cut calories well, where you can. Uh, co- Coke Zero, Coke Zero, <laughs> better flavor. Exactly. All right, folks, we're going to be we're going to be back on Wednesday, minus the Gremlins, hopefully. But it is so good to be back. And Max, I think Wednesday we got to pick it up, talk more of the free agents and and some of what we want to see but it's so good to see you my friend and you're looking healthy you're looking well 
and I saw one of your little gals in there waving, you know, as, as usual. Oh, They're yeah. just, you got some beautiful kids, man. No, thank you, Wolf, and I look forward to it, and we'll have to definitely do it again on Wednesday. All right, Steelers Nation, it's Starks, Wolf, and the Ninjas. And oh, Wait a minute, no, it's Wolf, Starks, because I get to do it. I get to do it. Yeah, Okay, exactly. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, we'll be back on Wednesday. <laughs> See you then. <laughs>